Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. The war between Israel and Hamas is now in its sixth day. Israeli jets continue to pound key targets in Gaza ahead of a possible ground offensive. The military says it hasn't decided yet on a full-scale invasion, but Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is vowing Hamas will be destroyed. We are fighting with all our strength on all fronts. We went on the offensive. Every Hamas member is a dead man. Hamas is ISIS, and it will be crushed and eliminated just as the world crushed and eliminated ISIS. Prime Minister Netanyahu says Hamas has threatened to kill hostages if Israel targets civilians in Gaza. The war has left at least 2,400 dead on both sides. And Secretary of State Antony Blinken has arrived in Tel Aviv in a show of U.S. support. Well, Nathan, President Biden has once again offered his full support to Israel. He says the U.S. stands shoulder to shoulder with its ally. We're surging additional military assistance to the Israeli Defense Force, including ammunition, interceptors to replenish the Iron Dome. And we've moved the U.S. carrier fleet to the eastern Mediterranean and we're sending more fighter jets there in that region and made it clear, made it clear to the Iranians, be careful. And President Biden is leaving open the possibility of refreezing $6 billion in Iranian oil money that was released as part of a prisoner swap amid growing bipartisan criticism. Meanwhile, a U.S. official says intelligence agencies still have no evidence indicating that Iran directed the onslaught. In the meantime, Karen, the U.S. is raising its travel advisory for Israel and the West Bank. Let's get the very latest on that from Bloomberg's Lisa Mateo. The Department of State has issued its second highest level for the area, a level three, warning citizens to reconsider travel there due to the threat of terrorist attacks. Gaza remains a level four, do not travel. The advisory cautions that terrorists and violent extremists may attack with little or no warning. It comes as a growing number of airlines suspend flights into Israel. Lisa Mateo, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Lisa, thank you. Now we turn to the latest developments in the battle for Speaker of the House. Republicans have jumped one hurdle, but Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports there appear to be many more. The caucus nominated Steve Scalise for Speaker, yet there is a group of hardliners who say they will not vote for him and another group who say they need to look further. The other contender, Jim Jordan, even backed him, but still not enough votes to get to the magic 217. Scalise says he needs to get to work. Our first resolution uh, that uh, we pass under Speaker Steve Scalise will be to make it clear that we stand with Israel. But that will have to wait because Scalise even saying there is a lot of work to do on this first. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Ed, thank you. Turning to the markets in the economy, Wall Street is preparing for the consumer price report for the month of September. As Bloomberg's Michael McKee reports, economists are forecasting a further easing in inflation. 
Wednesday's unexpected rise in the September producer price index hasn't changed forecasts for consumer prices. Analysts still see the index up at only half the pace of August, as gasoline prices remained relatively steady during the month, even as oil prices rose. And while goods prices rose faster than services in the PPI, investors and Fed officials will focus on CPI services. Services minus housing costs have contributed much of the inflation pressure over the past year, and the expectation is that should continue to ease. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Mike, thank you. Well, the CPI print comes as numerous Fed officials are speaking out about the future of interest rates. Boston Fed President Susan Collins says officials are taking a more patient approach to monetary policy. We're likely very near and perhaps at the peak for this tightening cycle. With the risk of inflation remaining persistently high, more closely balanced with the risk of slowing activity more than needed to achieve price stability. Boston Fed President Susan Collins added that, quote, further tightening could be warranted depending on incoming information. Well, Karen, the United Auto Workers strike enters its 28th day. Now the union's making its boldest move yet against the automakers. More on that in this report from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. Nathan, 8,700 workers at Ford's Kentucky truck plant have walked out. This is Ford's largest plant. It's one of the largest plants on earth, in fact. It's where they make the higher-priced Super Duty version of the F-Series pickup, as well as the Lincoln Navigator and Ford Expedition large SUVs. This plant generates 20 $25 billion a year in revenue. It's an unexpected move. Prior expansions of the strike have been announced in scheduled briefings. Ford last week did propose a 23% pay raise. The UAW wants more. Well, the company says this work stoppage will generate painful aftershocks. In New York, I'm John Tucker. All right, John, thanks. We have an update on another label dispute across the country. Negotiations between Hollywood Studios and the Actors Union have been suspended. There are still disagreements in key areas like pay. The union has been on strike since July. And in the trial of Sam Bankman-Fried, Karen, this morning, Alameda Research Co-CEO Caroline Ellison is expected to be questioned by Bankman-Fried's attorneys. Bloomberg's Angela Moon tells us what to expect. Basically, their strategy you know, has all been all along that Sam Bankman-Fried was unable to do this alone, right? He had his inner circle. And they specifically mentioned that she was put in this role so that she could hedge the customer's money so that when things got bad, that she was basically the one that he was going to rely on to get them out of trouble. In that report from Bloomberg's Angela Moon. All right, Nathan, thank you. It is time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Thank you, Karen. Nearly 20 Americans remain missing in Israel, and the Biden administration is working on finding them. Bloomberg's Nancy Lyons brings us more from Washington. President Biden assured Jewish leaders at the White House that his administration is doing everything it can to find the hostages, including deploying experts to help in the search. Now, the press are going to shout to me, and many of you are, that, you know, what are you doing to bring these, get these folks home? If I told you, I wouldn't be able to get them home. Biden's Secretary of State Antony Blinken will be meeting with Israeli leaders in the next few days, and he says he will be briefed on efforts to recover the hostages. In Washington, Nancy Lyons, Bloomberg Radio. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is drawing criticism from Ron DeSantis, a rival for the Republican presidential nomination, over comments on Israel just days after that bloody assault by Hamas. During a rally in West Palm Beach, Florida last night, Trump said that Hezbollah 
was smart. You know, Hezbollah is very smart. They're all very smart. The press doesn't like when they say it. You know, I said that President Xi of China, 1.4 billion people, he controls it with an iron fist. I said, he's a very smart man. They killed me the next day. I said he was smart. What am I going to say? Trump added that Hamas would never have carried out the assault under his watch and criticized Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu for not joining him in a 2020 drone strike in Iraq. He did emphasize strong support for Israel and did condemn the violence. But Florida Governor Ron DeSantis posted on X, the former Twitter, saying that it is absurd for anyone, much less someone running for president, to criticize Israel and praise Hezbollah. In just a few hours, NASA is sending a spacecraft out into the solar system in hopes of better understanding Earth. Bloomberg's Tracy Junkie has the story. NASA is launching a mission to a metal asteroid called Psyche. The 2.2 billion mile trip will take six years. And once the probe arrives, it will be the first to check out a world with a metal surface. It's thought that Psyche is actually the core of a planet that never got to develop a rocky surface like that of Earth and Mars. And by studying Psyche, scientists hope to learn more about how our own planet was formed. Tracy Jonke, Bloomberg Radio. This morning's launch is set for 10:16 Eastern Time. Global news 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Amy Morris. This is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, we bring you news throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio, but now you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John. Karen, a trio of baseball postseason games. First stop, Minnesota. The Twins had only three hits, and the Astros won 3-2. to two. They win the series three games to one. They're off to the American League Championship Series for the seventh year in a row. They'll take on the Texas Rangers. Next stop, Philadelphia. And the Phils had a big third inning and a big hit from their biggest star. Here comes. Swing and a drive. Right field. Way back. And gone. Oh, baby, did he crush it. Into the second deck. A monster homer for Bryce Harper. And with one swing, the Phillies have a 4-1 lead. ESPN, the call. The final was 10-2. The Phillies lead the Braves two games to one. They have game four tonight. Next stop was Phoenix. The Arizona Diamondbacks hitting four solo home runs off the Dodgers' Lance Lynn in the third inning. They beat the Dodgers 4-2. They sweep the series the second straight year. The Dodgers have gone out in the NLDS. WNBA Finals, Las Vegas Aces easily over the New York Liberty 104-76. They shot 70% in the first quarter and led by 19 and they lead the series 2-0. They can win the championship Sunday in New York. No team has won back-to-back titles in over 20 years. Thursday night football looks like a mismatch. Broncos are 1-4. Chiefs are 4-1. They may not have Travis Kelsey questionable with an ankle injury. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work 
passion and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Business Week, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business app, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Every Hamas member is a dead man. Those are the words of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu as his military appears prepared for a ground offensive into Gaza on day six of war with the Palestinian militant group. For the latest, Ethan Bronner is back with us, Bloomberg's Israel bureau chief in Tel Aviv. Uh, Ethan, we've been talking for days about the possibility of a ground invasion. Does it look like it is imminent from where you said? Uh, it does. But uh, Tony Blinken, the secretary of state, is here uh, for the day uh, speaking with the prime minister and other leaders here. And it seems reasonable to assume that the Israelis will not start it while he's here. So I would guess for the next six or eight hours, it's not going to happen. Just for the next six or eight hours. Uh, what are your further expectations of uh, what we could see uh, during Secretary of State Blinken's visit that was prepared, obviously, rather hastily as a show of U.S. support for Israel? Yes. Well, as he arrived, uh, more or less uh, simultaneously, the um, battleships, um, fleet of, uh, of, of battle vessels uh, arrived in the eastern Mediterranean to send an American message uh, to Hezbollah and its Iranian sponsors to not get involved. There has been some small bits of activity from the north, but so far, um, nothing dramatic. Um I, you know, I think that uh, the, the core of his message is likely to be we're behind you and then secondarily. But, you know, you need to really not go crazy. There is a sense that the uh, Israelis are so horrified by what happened on Saturday that they are um, um, they may take a little less care than they uh, should or have in avoiding the worst effects on civilians in Gaza. And I Already. think that the, 
Yeah. So I just can think that Secretary Blinken is likely to uh, warn them against going too far. That would be my guess. Yeah, I was going to say already uh, we've seen the images of the reprisal attacks on Gaza by Israel. Pretty devastating images of buildings destroyed. And you're reporting that Israel is targeting Hamas political along with military leaders. If we do see this move into a ground offensive, I mean, what are the implications there? We already have a, a pretty significant humanitarian situation as well in Gaza right now. That's right. We would see a, a terribly worsening one uh, in, in Gaza if this goes forward. And, and of course, uh, one has to imagine many dead Israeli soldiers as well as captured Israeli soldiers. Uh, the, 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 the terrain is certainly much more favorable to the people who live there and who know it and who have been shaping it. The I mean, this is an issue for the last uh, 15, 16 years that Hamas has been in charge of Gaza that uh, there's been this, the Israeli ground troops began to go in in 08, 09 in that uh, war. They did go in in 14. And the, and Hamas has sort of prepared underground tunnels and underground places in order to um, mess with the tanks and the people coming in. Obviously, the Israelis also know that. But so it's a little hard to know how it's going to all shake out. But it doesn't promise uh, to be simple. And we've also heard the threats and warnings from Hamas that hostages could be killed if uh, civilians are targeted by Israel in Gaza. Is that potentially tempering uh, the feelings that Israeli leaders could have ahead of what's to come in Gaza? You might imagine that it is, but it is not to the best of my ability to understand what's going on. The um, the Israeli attitude uh, has hardened quite significantly uh, as a result of what happened on Saturday, and there is almost no interest or time in uh, in a kind of mercy for any civilian situation, their own guys uh, and so forth. There is definitely a sense that they're not going to allow the holding of their hostages to stop them from doing what they believe they have to do. And we do have the unity government now behind uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, uh, mm -hmm. the opposition leader, Benny Gantz, uh, putting his differences with Netanyahu aside, at least as far as the war goes. What could that mean uh, for Prime Minister Netanyahu's leadership and where this war could go uh, in the days and weeks to come, Ethan? So... Benny Gantz is a more moderate figure uh, than prime minister. Uh, and so one has to imagine that he will be a moderating influence in some fashion. Although that's confusing because all of the so-called moderates, and I don't mean that in any negative way, in Israel today still seem as angry and as vengeful as people on the right. So I don't really know what it means. It means uh, that what, what decisions that are going to be taking, there's just an, an, an inner war cabinet of the prime minister, Benny Gantz, and Yoav Gallant, who is the um, defense minister, and they're going to make all the decisions. So it, it does mean that the extremists in this government, Ben Gvir and Smotrich, to way to the right, are left out of the main decision making. I'm not really sure what that will mean. I assume it'll mean, uh, you know, cooler heads, but I'm not sure. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. 
Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.